we're going to be starting out reading uh, from Exodus chapter 14. Uh, I brought a little something with me. I love uh, I love thrift stores. Anybody here like thrift stores? Nobody. Nobody. Got one. One person likes thrift stores. Anybody uh, like thrift stores? Raise your hand. You're like, yes, I knew it was true. Uh, well, while I'm on that, we've got one. Uh, now with our church. So if you like thrift stores, um, you can come see the closet uh, down at the intersection beside the public library. Um, you know, we do give some, uh, it's a pay what you can clothing store, so we do give some clothes away. Um, but there's some pretty nice stuff in there you can find sometimes uh, if you'd like to make a donation. We've got all kinds of other items uh, that if you'd like to purchase that goes to support that entire ministry that we believe God's going to get off the ground and eventually we'll be able to use the resources from it uh, to help people in recovery. So uh, don't just uh, see about it on Sunday mornings and hear updates. Go see it. It's open Tuesdays and Thursdays between 10 till 2 um, and, uh, and be a part of what's happening there. Well, I found this at a, a thrift store, this book, and, um, and I just kind of tucked it away. I'm, when I go in thrift stores, books are typically what I look at. Uh, we've got a lot of books. Uh, we just moved recently, many of you know, uh, Bethany and I. And uh, we've lived in that house for 10 years, and I did not realize how many books I had picked up over the time until you go to move them. And, uh, and books are not the easiest thing to move. Uh, you can't or think, well, let's, put a, let's just put them in some big boxes. It's a great idea until you go lift it. Uh, and you can't really do it. So I had a lot of little boxes with books in them, and I came across this one, and um, it's, it's called Quiet Times for Couples. I don't know if many of you married couples out there spend, uh, do a devotional each day together or spend some time in prayer together. I would strongly advise it. Uh, there's times in my marriage we haven't done it, and the times that we do are much better. I'll share it. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Um, so I thought, let, let's get back into this. It starts out January 1st. It's a daily devotional. You read a, read a passage of scripture. It's got a devotional. And, um, and I, I sat down on January 1 with Bethany. And she looked at the cover and she went, is that from the 80s? <laughs> it looks just like something that would be on a Walmart shelf in 1988. Um, well, guess what? It was on a Walmart shelf in 1990. She was wrong. Uh, it was published <laughs> in 1990. Uh, and I look it up, and there's a newer, updated version of it. Uh, but it's a, it's a great book. But the first day was, uh, the first verse on January 1st was, Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Psalm 4610. Stillness, quiet, silence. Do you ever hear the sounds of silence? They are there. In their own way, they speak loudly. Quietness for some is a way of life. Quietness for others is uncomfortable. It can be a time to reflect, a time to create, a time to recover, a time to grieve, a time to rejoice, or a time to listen to God. Quiet time for a married couple can create a deep bond of love and closeness. It is a time to share the deepest kind of intimacy possible in our humanity, spiritual intimacy. No one said that it would be easy or comfortable to be quiet together. Barriers to this time will have to be confronted. Time schedules will have to be juggled. Outside interruptions, intrusions will need to be blocked so they don't control you. Down here it says, 
the times we get the busiest and life is hectic. There are times in the midst of the most hectic day that we need to close the door, unplug the phone, hence 1990, right? And it's a, uh, put it on airplane mode. Unplug it from the wall. Those were the good old days, right? Sit down. I got one from my ago. Flip phone. Flip phone boy. Um, sit down in the chair, lean back, and close our eyes. The busiest day of your life is the best day to do it. It's the time you need it uh, the most. And I thought about that um, as I was studying, getting ready for this morning. Um, and be still and know that I'm God. That's from Psalm chapter 46. And it kind of led me into, uh, I mean, when you hear that, there, uh, I started thinking, my mind just started rushing all the different places throughout the Bible, uh, Old Testament and New, uh, that there was direction and guidance that says, be still. And there are a lot there. One of my favorite places that comes from is Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. And that's where I want to take our text to get us started this morning. Um, and I want us to understand what's happening here in this passage. I want to understand how it applies uh, to us in 2018, right? That's, that is, we are in 2018, still getting used to that. Um, but there was, a, there was a, a quote by a guy that said, The quieter you become, the more you can hear. Quieter you become, the more you can hear. So let's look at chapter 14, um, and I want to, we're going to just read, all I have on the screen is verses 13 through 14. I'm going to give you a little background here. Uh, if you've been around church at all, you know the story. This is uh, coming right in at kind of a, a, the critical climactic moment for the children of Israel as they are being led out of captivity, captivity in Egypt uh, by Moses. Uh, right? Moses is, you know, he's, I mean, we can, where do you start this story? You go all the way back to Moses in a basket going down the river. Uh, he lived 40 years in Egypt. He almost became the, I mean, he was in the king, the Pharaoh's family of Egypt, strong leadership. He lived there 40 years, and he made a mistake. He saw uh, the Egyptians abusing his people, uh, the Israelites, and uh, he took things into his own hands. So he had escaped. He went and lived in the desert for 40 years uh, as, a, as a shepherd. And, and he was there for 40 years. And God spoke to him and said, I need you to go back to Egypt and leave my people out. Moses said, me, I can't talk. You know the, you know the story. Moses ends up going uh, to the Pharaoh. He takes, uh, takes somebody with him. And God sends 10 plagues. And eventually Pharaoh says, this God, okay. This is the God of gods. This is the Lord of lords. Whoever this God is is more powerful than us. Uh, take, uh, take your people and go. So Moses, he gets the Israelites together, uh, and they're getting out of Dodge, right? They are getting out. They're slaves in Egypt. They're in slavery. Life's pretty bad. They're in slavery. Moses leads them out. They get them out into the wilderness. Uh, and then we get to chapter 14. They're trying to get to the promised land, to Canaan, what is now Israel, um, is where they're trying to get to from Egypt. This is real history, real story. This happened. They're trying to get there. If you look on a map, there's a straight path to Israel, to Canaan's land. That's not the way God sends them. <laughs> uh, 
many times in our life, we see a straight path to where we think we ought to go, where we feel like God's leading us. Uh, yet God does something here at the beginning of chapter 14, and we realize he has a much greater purpose in mind, always, always much greater purpose in mind than you or I do. Uh, and we can't forget that. Because he talks about in this first, the first two paragraphs of chapter 14, uh, he says, he's telling Moses, he says, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Heroth, between Migdal and the sea, and uh, they would encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephon, all these cool names. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around. Just they're, they're out there in the wilderness. They got out, now they're out in the wilderness. And where God sent them to was a dead end. Have you ever felt like in life God called you to a dead end? He sense, you sense his call, you sense his purpose, you step out and you go that direction and you get there and the Red Sea's in front of you. You got mountains all around you. And then the, the Israelites, they turn around and what do they have behind them? Because God has said, I'm going to get you at this dead end spot and then I'm going to stir in Pharaoh's heart and I'm going to make him change his mind. So that Egypt and Pharaoh will know who I am. Amen. They thought they just wanted to get Canaan's land. God wanted to show Pharaoh and Egypt who he was. Amen. So he sent them to a dead end. He had a much bigger purpose. So the Israelites get there, so excited. They're out of slavery. Yes, now we're in the wilderness. And what do they do in the second chapter here in, verse, in chapter 14? Really? You brought us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't we just fine in slavery? They've already began to doubt God. And in this moment, they turn around and look, and Pharaoh and all of his armies coming up behind them, and they're, they're pinned in up against the Red Sea. Nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. God has taken them to a dead end. Everything they can see looks like certain disaster, and it's the end. They start wishing they were back in slavery. At that point... Uh, let's read uh, chap verse 13 in Exodus chapter 14. Verse 13, Moses answered the people. Well, let's read what they complained about first in verse 11. They said, Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die. In the desert. They'd forgotten God's greater purpose. In verse 13, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Amen. You need only to be still. I want to look at just a few things here. Uh, one, the times. When when are we to be still in life? Uh, because uh, it's not always. Um, but there are times in our lives that we should be still and take a pause and catch our breath. Um, and then what we should do when we're still. And those are the two big things I want to look at this morning. The first one is the times we need to be still, uh, I think, 
the most important one is when life is hectic. When life is hectic, that means you got everything around you competing for priority. And you begin to just react to your day. You react to the people around you. And in that craziness, you begin to lose sight of your connection with God. And without that connection, then everybody else is picking out what you should do, and, and your day is picking out where you're going to spend your time and what you're going to do with it. Uh, so when life is hectic, we need to slow down and take a pause. Uh, when we're confused, when we feel like, just like the Israelites did here, they're confused because, you know, if God sent Moses back and he did these ten plagues, these miracles, um, and this is where the Passover was instituted, the last plague was uh, God took the firstborn of all of the Egyptian family, the firstborn son, but all of the Israelites who put the blood over the door, the, their, their children's lives were saved. You talk about a miracle, you wake up. And your family's fine, and the Egyptians aren't. You know who God is, and God has called them out of Egypt. And now he's got them out into the desert, in the wilderness, the, the end of the road to a dead end. And they're confused. They're confused about, well, I thought you were taking us to Canaan. I thought you were taking us to perfection. I thought this was going to be an easy journey. We stepped out, we had faith in you. We trusted you. We trusted your leader in Moses. And this is where you brought us to. And they're confused. Uh, you may have stepped out in faith and trusted God with your life. With, uh, with, with financial. And uh, he, you may be at a dead end today. That doesn't make sense. You're confused. And the reason the children of Israel were confused is because they'd lost their connection to God. Their faith had been weakened. And Moses simply said, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. In those confused moments, we get, uh, we get scared and we begin to doubt. If you're doubting... God, if you're doubting God's purpose in your life, if you're doubting that God loves you, if you're doubting that God cares, that's a great time to take a moment and be still. Amen. So in those times, what, what do we do? What, what should we do when we're still? Uh, and I, I thought there was some great guidance in that first devotional in the, the book I read, uh, things like be, uh, be creative, uh, recover, grieve, rejoice. Uh, those are moments that when life is so busy, you don't do. You just don't when you're moving from one item uh, to the next, from one soccer game to the, 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 next, uh, the next church event to the, the next family function um, to work and home. When you're, you're at work and when it's dark and you get home and it's dark this time of year, uh, I don't love that. Does anybody love that? I don't love it. Um, but when life gets that crazy, you begin to doubt and you, you begin to get scared. So what you can do when you're still, uh, for me there's two things that I want to talk about uh, specifically. Is I, I like to reflect. I like to reflect on um, is, 
I really take a, a big inventory one year at a time. Usually this time of year, we're going, leaving one year and into the next. It's a great time to reflect on last year and think about, well, what good happened last year? Um, and also, where did I mess up last year? Because uh, you made a mistake last year, did you know it? Somewhere along the line, you messed up. Uh, maybe it was little, but maybe it was big. But you made a mistake, I made a mistake. Uh, and I failed at some things, and I let God down on some things. Um, but it's important to know those and take them back to God and say, you know what? Uh, that's not going to define me in 2018. That mistake, that failure last year is not going to define me this year, God, because you make all things new. And I'm going to renew my commitment to you, my faith in you, my trust in you. And this year is going to be different because of you, not because of me, not because I got the strength to make a resolution. What's the, there's an old story about a son, I'm probably going to mess this up. I didn't read it before this, but it just came to me. About a son talking to his dad and, um, um, and uh, yeah, I can't remember it at all. But there's three frogs, something about that. And uh, the, 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 the little boy says, Dad, all these three frogs decided to jump into the, the lake. And uh, the dad said, well, are they all in the lake now? Uh, and the, the boy said, no, they just decided to. They never did do it, which is our resolution a lot of times. I decided I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. It takes more than a decision to lose 20 pounds, right? It, it, it's not, 2018 is not going to be great because you made a resolution on your own to commit to do something. 2018 is going to be great because we admit our weakness and when our weakness we find our strength in Christ. Amen. And we're going to trust in Him for 2018, not our ability to keep some promise uh, because you make decisions every day that you don't fulfill. <laughs> you can't keep up and you can't commit to um, so I like to reflect on the good. Uh, let's, let's take just a minute and think about our church in 2017 and the good um, that happened. Um, let's see, where to start? So many good things last year. Uh, we had two baptism services. We found uh, people finding Christ and growing uh, in Christ. Um, we, uh, we started the closet. Uh, if you remember, this is kind of how it started over at the center. Um, somebody made a clothing rack, and uh, we put it in the center where we typically have our Wednesday night youth group meetings. Um, and you see that sign out front, free clothing. Um, and this continued to grow and grow and grow until we didn't know what we were going to do with the center um, because the kids couldn't meet in there anymore. They came in and there was just clothes everywhere. There were totes of clothes. There were racks of clothes. And uh, we were having 15 to 20 to 25 people coming in a day uh, that we were able to serve and meet their need of clothing. And as we prayed through this, we wondered. We were at a dead end, okay? We were the nation of Israel standing at the Red Sea, and we thought, where, what is God going to do here? There's nowhere for our kids to go. I mean, they can't have class right now. So we, we began to pray about this. Um, and then we began to take action on it. We began to trust in God about it. And we found a space. Uh, we found a space just a couple blocks away um, with, uh, with a storefront, uh, with an excellent landlord that um, normally the rent was 
was 1500 or 1700 I can't remember and uh, he said you know what oh 1600 I'm gonna since what you all are doing I'm gonna make it 800 I'm gonna drop it in half I want to help you do this um, and uh, and we just pay a flat rate for utilities of $200 so for a thousand dollars a month we find out we're gonna get this space for the closet okay well that's great how are we going to pay $1,000 a month for space for the closet? We prayed as a church. Um, we wanted to, uh, so then I called the landlord and I said, hey, if we can't commit to a year for this. You know, our church, we have, we have an outreach fund. We take 10% of everything that people give us on Sunday mornings. We put that into an outreach fund. We use that for projects like this. Uh, we're using it for the battle line when, when we need to. Um, we're using it for the, the clothing ministry. We're using it as a, 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 um, a fund for people that come up and need help with their power bill or whatever that might be. Uh, we help in the community. We give back. And I, we can't commit to a year of this. We really don't know if it's going to work. We think it could work. We're going to do a, a pay what you can uh, process so people can give money and we're going to sell the other household items. And he said, I said, is there any way, you know, you cut the rent in half and let us just sign a three-month lease and see how it goes. He said, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> so, now we've got from a year lease at $1,600 a month to a three-month lease at $800 a month, um, plus 200 utilities, 1000 a month. So now we need $3,000 to figure out how to get this thing off the ground and test it. Uh, so I talked about that one Sunday morning, um, and the next Sunday... Uh, we have somebody, a visitor of the church, after the service, that says, I want to pay the first three months rent for the closet. Made a $3,000 donation on the spot to pay for the first three months in the closet. November, we have our new space. Uh, we have clothes, we have household items. Uh, people begin to make donations. I think. Uh, through November and December, we got up to, we're close to $700 of what people have donated and gave there at that store. Um, we have people coming in big clothes for need. We have people outside our church bringing in to donate. We have people saying, we want to volunteer. Uh, and it's all Christ-centered. Uh, we had a lady that came in and got some clothes, and before she left, she said, please pray for me. People are sharing their stories, they're seeing the love of Christ because people in our church stepped up, they believed, they had faith, they had trust. Uh, we shared a post last week um, about the, the closet on Facebook, and we thought, well, maybe a few people will see this. I think we have a closet Facebook page. At the time, it had, I think, about 35 likes or something, which if you're a Facebooker, you know that's not much. Um, so we, we shared this post, um, and let's see, it, it had 345 shares as of this morning. 37,000 people saw it. Um, people got excited about it, um, and every, we just started getting messages about, we want to donate, we want to volunteer. Uh, people tagging their friends in, we got to go shop here, we got to go see what they've got. Uh, so at, at a dead end, so now we're a month out. From the three-month lease we signed, the end of January is over. We're at the dead end in our minds, right? But we were at a dead end four months ago. 
and we didn't know how it was going to work out. We trusted God. Are we going to trust God in 2018? Yep. Dead is a great place to be. Because we're putting all our, all our uh, trust, all our dependence on him and not ourselves. We had uh, Brother Adam, who leads our youth ministry at the beginning of this year, said, we need a church bus. We need a church bus. And, uh, and, and some people thought, well, why would we need a church bus? We don't have a church building. And I said, we need it. I'm just telling you, people, kids will come, um, and we, 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 we can't stop having church to hope we have a building. Uh, so, so we ended up buying a, a church bus. And uh, by this fall semester, we were running three bus routes a night on Wednesday nights for kids. We were averaging 40 to 50 kids at a youth program on a Wednesday night. Do you realize that's half of what we average on a Sunday morning in total attendance? God is he's using our people in our church to reach people, to, to share the gospel with them that otherwise would never hear it Amen. in the loving way we're getting to share it. Uh, so that's a picture of uh, some of the kids uh, at the bus there. We've had drivers step up that have started driving the bus on Wednesday nights. Obviously, we've been out of routine through Christmas break and with school being canceled, but we'll get back. Um, we had the women's ministry that believed in the, uh, they wanted to do uh, the coats or the uh, crafting for a cause. We donated, 20, we raised $2,500 and contributed to coats uh, for kids. At the end of 2017, uh, our church had over $100,000 in a building fund. We've been, we're a small church meeting in a theater. And in two years' time, we've put back $100,000 for the future of this organization, this group, and this congregation. Uh, so that we know God is going to bless us with a permanent space at some point. Amen. We've been at dead ends before, right? And we're going to get to some more this year. But God will uh, provide. Amen. We also um, have seen so many of the people that we've helped from from Shonda's family being restored and so many things have worked out in her life that she got a permanent place to live, she got a permanent job, full-time job. Uh, she just got moved again this weekend uh, to a, a better place on a, a, on a, on a main road. Uh, and God just showed up and he provided. We had David that's been sleeping in the tent that we've been helping. Uh, when it got the coldest, when we were at the dead end, when we didn't know what we were going to do, a trailer came open. He was in the warmth. He was in warmth through the coldest nights of the year. God has shown up. Amen. So reflect on the good. That's the good from the church. There's been good in your life. There's been good in my life. Reflect on the places you uh, may have messed up and say they're not going to define me. Reconnect with God in the confusion and say, I, I, I'm starting to try to figure this out on my own. I need you. I need your direction. I need your guidance. So one is to reflect. The second thing, the most important thing for me is to anticipate. Amen. 
to anticipate what God is going to do this year. If you did that last year, God, don't let me be afraid of this year. Because as Christians, we have reason to be more excited and believe more in the future than we do the past. He's promised that. He's promised that. So anticipate the good things he's going to do this year. And then I want to just begin to, to close uh, with, with this thought. Uh, shared Ecclesiastes last week, uh, chapter 3. Uh, there's a time for this and a time for that. You remember? Uh, it's almost it's poetic. Uh, to everything under the sun, there is a time, there is a season. Well, in verse 7, it says there's a, a time to be silent and a time to speak. I really believe with all my heart that God guides us that every time we're still, it should be followed up with action. We're not supposed to be quiet all the time. We're not supposed to sit back and wait all the time. Only when we start to take things in our own control, it's time to, whoa, 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 step back, reflect. Reconnect with God. Make sure you're going the right direction. Make sure your, 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 uh, your motivation is in the right place. Make sure. Check yourself. It's a silent time. Because I want you to read uh, the very next uh, verse um, after verse 14. So Moses has told the people, don't be afraid, stand firm. God's going to fight for you. Be still. Then listen what the Lord said to Moses. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Tell the, why are you crying out to me? You've prayed. You've, you've been silent. Now it's time to get a move on. Right? That would, that's what we'd say. You've been silent. Now go. And he tells Moses, what to do in that silence. He gives direction. He gets guidance. He says, stretch your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. In that silence, God gave direction that Moses acted on. The dead end, there at the Red Sea, Moses held up his staff There wasn't one Israelite there that thought, I know what we should have Moses do. We should have Moses raise up his staff, and then I bet the water would just part, and we could rock, walk across. That's, you don't come up with that plan, no matter how many meetings you have, and how, many, how smart you are, and who your best leaders are. You don't come up with that plan. But God does. In the silence you hear it. In the silence he speaks to our hearts. This year is not just another year. It's the only one you can it's, it's the only one you can impact right now.